what happened was true. most bizarre and brutal series of crimes in America. as real, just as close. Just as terrifying as being there. But even if one of them survives, what will be left? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. to they call this a movie testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time subscribe to the podcast and itunes and other podcast services by searching they call this a movie we are part of the main naming network and to find more from us check out the website at the or on twitter facebook and instagram at the main naming we're also now proud member of geek vibes nation you can find them at gvnation.com welcome back to they call this a movie this is anthony lovick and with me as always is dan aquino and mark meyer say hello gentlemen hey everyone how's it going uh, uh, hold on one second i'm just finishing up tubing and then i'll be able to join you finish it up what that. <laughs> Wait, yeah. say that again? Tube? Tube. I thought I, I should have brought it up beforehand to see if you guys were up on the news, but that's nope. okay. You well, should have. Now you have yeah. to explain what's tubing. Okay, so my whole bit, here's Mark explaining a bit. Ooh, um, explaining to my favorite part of our podcast is when we yes, explain. So we'll start off here. So, you guys, did you guys hear about that guy from CNN that got caught jerking it on a Zoom? Yes. Yes. His last oh, name is Tubin. Okay. Oh, I thought you were talking like like water tubing or so the joke was going to be you guys would be disgusted thinking i was masturbating and my joke would be no i'm finishing up the 1988 atari game tubin for the nas mark that was the joke giuliani pushed tubin right out of the news (laughs) too late now question are you doing that mark yeah what the video game yes okay okay assume that we're dumb okay <laughs> and we have no clue what's going to happen next <laughs> but to be honest with you there's two there's been two guys in the news this week that has been jerking it in some form or another and he was the first one so i mean yeah. he kind of you know allegedly yeah i should have said i was them. laying back tucking allegedly my seat in, i don't know? i don't need uh, i don't need us being handed over to the fbi sure. all right sure allegedly rudy giuliani <laughs> was touching his dick so <laughs> we all lay down on the bed to tuck our shirts back in. That's how so. I do it. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, 
listen, guys, wink, wink. We're not. Uh, we're definitely not being tapped right now. So let's just assume the worst at all times. I can't wait for when this airs seven days from now, and none of this means anything. Yeah, we've dated this pretty. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember that back in 2020, right at the end of 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. We are three days away from Halloween, and we're talking about something that happened two weeks ago. In its own right, it's pretty scary. So yeah, we're continuing yeah. spooky season there. Yeah. So this is our last episode for 31 Days of Horror, which went by super fast. But before yeah, we yeah. get to this week's movie, what have you guys been watching? All right. So I finished up Bly Manor. Uh, I don't know if either of you gentlemen have seen it, finished it. The ending is, this whole show was just so, so depressing. And the finale was the most depressing. But for, not for what reasons you would think. It's a very beautiful ending, I thought. Very poignant. But it was like a beautifully macabre, I guess. I enjoyed it a lot. So I finished watching that. And then shifting gears totally... I was recommended to watch Dude Bro Party Massacre 3 from a, a good friend of ours and a listener, Jim. So thank you so much for that recommendation because it is off the walls insane. Did you watch uh, 1 and 2 beforehand? Surprisingly, there are no 1 and 2. This is, oh. uh, yeah, this is the first one. Dude Bro Party Massacre 3 is, dude, in reality, Dude Bro Party Massacre 1. But they explain in the prologue how there were two massacres before it that... I guess it just they they go they skim over it, but it's so over the top gory and it's shot. It looks like it's on a 90s VHS tape. So there's like infomercials that play in between certain scenes. It's it's really fun. I think you guys maybe not Mark, but I think Anthony would enjoy it. But, you know, if you get a chance to watch it, watch it. And I know I've watched other things. I watched Scare Me the other night. I think you reviewed that, Ant, right? Yep. I wasn't particularly happy with it. I didn't hate it. I expected it to be different. Like it wasn't scary at all, but I like the idea of it. How everything is like it's all senses, auditory, and uh, a lot of visuals, and they never cut away. So I thought it was an interesting idea. But yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. What about you, Mark? Yeah, no, I haven't really been watching anything. Basically, I spent this uh, whole week preparing for our next session of our D and D game by watching as much and reading as much D and D stuff. Just so I can make it good for the audience out there. So no movies for me. Okay. That was nice and quick. Uh, I've been watching a lot of stuff because as we mentioned, it's 31 Days of Horror. So I think the last time we went on a uh, tangent about holidays. But since then, I've watched Hatchet, Cue the Winged Serpent, which I kind of loved. Mortuary Collection, which was a fun kind of Creepshow-esque story. I watched the 2019 a CG cartoon, The Addams Family. I also watched Frankenweenie, the CG cartoon film. I also watched two movies that I have refused to watch because the endings have been spoiled for me. Watched The Others okay. and The Village. Oh, that's right. I was, I was getting angry at you for The Village. So The Village doesn't suck. This is 16 years after the hype. M. Night Shyamalan is... Is an embarrassment, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> the village is fine. I could understand why some people would be upset watching it in 2004. There are all this hype surrounding it. But if you take a step back, you haven't watched it in 16 years since it's been out, and finally watch it, it's solid. 
I think the ending kind of just happens without much fanfare. Like it just sort of, you know, the reveal happens and it's just not like like this shoe drop moment where like I, he tries to do it with, like he did with the Sixth Sense where it's like you realize it and then it's like smashes you over the head with it. It just kind of happens and it's like, okay, well, there's not much to it, I think. Yeah, it just it's ha- very lackluster. Yeah, but it's fine. The Others, very good movie, but I knew what the ending was. It's kind of also informed me for all these similar kind of haunted house movies, especially with Bly Manor. I went in just thinking, like, I'm going to assume everyone's dead, and you could tell me otherwise. <laughs> that's what Jen was thinking, too. Was like, we're just going to find out that they all died. Yeah. So that's it. Other movies I watched, The Mask of the Red Death with Vincent Price. It's a little timely about a uh, a prince that ignores a plague and, <laughs> and just holds up in his house with all his rich friends. Just partying <laughs> down, man. Yep. Ignoring it. Hoping it goes away, assuming that you could just be rich and it won't affect you, is more or yep. less what happens. Yeah, it's just like, if I can't hear it or I can't see it, it's not happening. Yeah. I feel like there's more. I feel like there's more things that I've watched with my wife. And we watched The Guest, which is sort of horror, but not quite. I don't, but, I don't know if I've heard that. Oh. The Guest is on Netflix. It's interesting. It's kind of really, it's kind of schlocky, kind of kind of Carpenter-esque, but okay. not, not 100% horror. It's a fun watch, though. Okay, it sounds familiar. Yeah. I'm not, I can't quite place it. Maybe I'm thinking of, what's that movie with not... Logan Marshall Green is in it? The Invitation? The Invitation, that's we what I'm thinking We also watched that, yeah, actually. I like that movie. That's a good one. But yeah. I think we watched it like two nights in a row. We watched The Invitation, then we watched The Guest. Maybe two different, very different movies. The Guest is interesting. You might like it. Okay, I'll give it a shot. I was told to watch... Is there a Nicolas Cage movie on Netflix where he and his wife try to kill their kids? I think it's, it's called like, Mom and Dad. And I yeah, think Mom and Dad Hulu. on Hulu. Okay, I don't have that. Don't Damn know. it. Because I've, I've heard from a few different people at work that it's it's a solid watch. Gotcha. Do not watch Mandy if you haven't already. Ugh. Yeah, that movie, such a disappointment. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's Nick Cage at his Nick Cageiest, and it's it's out there and like, oh, I can't wait to watch this. And it's just like, Oh, this is such a slow burn. And he's not even at his cagiest. Right. Yeah. You hear Nicholas cage gets into a chainsaw fight with somebody. You're like, Holy shit. This is going to be oh, like man. the greatest exploitation movie ever. And, and it's, it's like, uh, yeah. it's just sad. <laughs> yeah. But, but not like good, sad. No, it's just like, this is We're going to overcomplicate things by making everything a metaphor. Yeah. Oh. I guess someone's got to make a payment on that pyramid. Right. It's the only thing the tax guys can't touch. <laughs> they took his dinosaur skull away from him. Only thing the IRS can't take away from you is your headstone. That's good <laughs> advice, guys. Yeah, you can live life every day, right? Like it's your last. Yeah. Can't yes. take it with you. That's about everything I've watched, except for this week's movie. And this was a poll. So we decided that we were going to do, for our last episode for 31 Days of Horror this week, this year, we were going to do a poll like we did last year. And we pitted four movies against each other. One from the 70s, one from the 80s, one from the 90s, and one from 2000 and beyond. So 70s was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 80s was The Evil Dead. 90s was Brain Dead slash Dead Alive, the Peter Jackson movie. And The Cabin in the Woods was our fourth one. So Evil Dead got into an early lead, was eventually taken over by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Cabin in the Woods made a late showing, but in the end, it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So guys, where are you coming from with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? 
I've seen the original a few times, but it had been a while. Uh, it probably been five plus years since I'd watched it. I've seen the, the remake, the Jessica Biel remake. I've seen the second one, which was, I believe, also directed by Toby Hooper. Correct. And I've that's the last one I saw. But as I mentioned prior to the recording, we seem to have this weird... We have a third eye, essentially, where we can predict movies that are going to be remade. Mm-hmm. We did it first with He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. We recorded it. And I think the next day, Kevin Smith announced, oh, yeah, we're we're making <laughs> He-Man Masters of the Universe cartoon. So we did the poll, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1. And just, I think, two days ago, or depending on when this is released, last week, it was announced that they are remaking the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So when are we going to get our dues, essentially, is what I'm asking. Like, yeah. when are you guys going to stop ripping us off? Exactly. Get your own ideas, you know? <laughs> I mean, we should say that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre has been rebooted and redone about three or four times. There's also the Alexander Daddario starring Texas Chainsaw from 2010, I want to say. Is that a reboot as well? It's like a sort of sequel slash okay. reboot. Okay. But Alexander Daddario's in it. Yeah, she's she's mighty fine. What about you, Mark? Where are you coming from, Texas Chainsaw? I have heard about this movie, hanging around with you guys and other people. Never seen it. I'm always wary about 70s horror movies, just because the fact they, and even some early 80s ones, where it's like, I don't know what I'm getting into going in, whether it'll be good or bad. It seems like there's no middle ground. For this one, I was excited to um, get in and see what all the hype was about. And then wait it for the final half hour. And I guess we'll get into that. Okay. I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I want to say like 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago. I bought it kind of sight unseen on DVD, nice steelbook DVD. And I watched it and I haven't seen it since. I don't love this movie. First, I was surprised how not graphic it is while also being graphic. Yeah. But like I was misremembering how gory it is in this movie the one scene where like she gets propped up on the meat hook mm-hmm. i misremembered that you don't see it going in yeah like, it's... you don't see in all gory detail that that meat hook goes right through her her chest essentially yeah yeah that there's the uh chainsaw for the uh handicapped kid yep you hear the chainsaw and that's it you don't see any like you see a little spray of blood it's bloody, quote unquote, but not very bloody. Right. Like they, they cut away from it. It's like it's unpleasant. The last half hour is it's sadistic and it's it's very much what Rob Zombie saw and was like, I'm going to make a house of a thousand corpses. And this is the movie I'm going to make. Even down to like the opening credits. I was like, this kind of feels like house of a thousand corpses to me. I was thinking there's a generation of kids out there that probably saw House of a Thousand Corpses first and then saw Texas Chainsaw. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is just House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, it's and very I, similar. Yeah, they're, they're not really wrong. And I'm sure Rob Zombie has probably gone on record saying he's drawn inspiration from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The inbred hillbilly family, the mongoloid son, and then just wearing people's faces as a mask. I think this was like the original slasher movie, right? I think this came out before Halloween. I think Black Christmas oh, predates Black Christmas. both of them. You, I think you're right. Uh, that was going to be my question was, was the lack of gore and stuff like that because they didn't know if people in the theater would go for it. 
I think at that time he really didn't need to show that much gore to really freak people out. People were just so much simpler and they they were like cavemen essentially. (laughs) Where to now it's like you if you don't show people being disemboweled, getting their heads or whatever blown up, it's just you know, you know, that that was nothing. (laughs) I will say I think the biggest inspiration for Hasp of the Thousand Corpses lies right in the fact that he cast Bill Mosley. In both House of a Thousand Corpses and what's the the one after? Devils, uh, the Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects. Bill oh, Mosley is in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And while he's not playing the same character as the Hitchhiker, he's more or less inspired by the Hitchhiker in the second one. He plays a character by the name of Chop Top. Yeah, very he's got similar. the metal plate in yeah. his head, right? Like yeah. one of the most annoying characters I've ever seen in a horror film. For such a highly touted movie... I don't see it. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was obviously meant to look like it was shot on a budget, because it was. Leatherface, he's not even that good of a character. Like, Obviously, he is the Texas... Ch- when you think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. you think of Leatherface. He really doesn't do too much in it. No. He has two kills, and then he just runs around screaming. Yeah. His first two kills are more or less the same exact kill, too. Yeah. Yeah, not, they're, they're not... in the head with a mallet. Right. And yeah, his when he first shows up, it's like holy shit. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Because it it comes out of nowhere. It's unannounced. Yeah. It's effective. It looks good. After that, it's just like him squealing. I'm like oh mm. man, all right, this is this has grown old very quickly. <laughs> he runs fast for a big boy though. Yeah. Was he a football player? The guy who played him. <laughs> so it's Gunnar Hansen, and I'll yes. I'll check. By all intents and purposes, the girl should be able to outrun him because he's a big dude. Just like yes. he's tall. And he's kind of, you know, he's heavy. So the girls who are 90 pounds soaking wet should be able to to outpace him a little bit. <laughs> but again, like, like I said, he could be built like a lineman. You know, they can get down the line pretty quick yeah. if they need to. My favorite part is the truck driver at the end who runs away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where is he running to? My, my I think in my notes I have it. at the end is like, some say that he's still running to this day. <laughs> yeah. he, he just books it. It's great. Like he's he's never to be seen from again. There's nothing down there, man. You're oh, yeah, going he nowhere. In, he doesn't even hop in the uh, the pickup. <laughs> like that movie's not over technically. But, but at the same time, yeah. he's the smartest character in the movie. Yeah, yep. he's just getting the hell out of there. Yep. He's yeah, he's running for his life. He's he's Forrest Gump. Yeah. One of the notes I had written down was when I first watched it. It upset me, obviously, because it was you have a, a guy wearing a person as a face, you mm-hmm. know, as a mask, someone's face as a mask. So that upset me as a kid. But then as you change, this movie upset me because they are talking about how they used to kill cows with sledgehammers. It's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you hit them once or twice and they don't go down. So you just keep hitting them. Oh, my God. This is a vegan's worst nightmare of this movie. <laughs> There's chickens with their heads cut off. There's bones everywhere. It's, yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> so they got their point across with you. They did. They they knew. They knew. Yeah. Uh, he did like play Daniel Aquino did... in 2020 is going to watch this movie. We're going to get that son of a bitch. <laughs> he did play football in high school. There you go. Yeah, I he was six foot four. Yeah, he looks like he played football, or he should have. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of the movie is after the first mallet kill, that the actor just decided that him just convulsing on the ground is the correct reaction to that. I think... They did that because they did mention when the cows get hit with the mallet, they'll start freaking out. So oh, I wonder okay. if I didn't make I, that connection. Maybe they meant to do that. Maybe they didn't. That's just how I took it. 
I mean, it could be. It makes no sense to me, so that's as good of an explanation. Okay. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I thought. But, uh... Outside of the actor just over overselling the mallet hit. I, you know, I don't know what it's like to get hit in the head with a giant mallet, like a meat mallet. I, I don't know what that's like. Maybe you do convulse. Yeah, I, I want to try it. The fact that the other people did not. <laughs> Traumatic brain injuries can't cause seizures. So yeah. There you go. Okay. So maybe you hit him just right. Right. Yep. You got him in the good spot. But yes, I, I'm assuming that it is connected to what their conversation is while they're in the van. Because they wouldn't be having that conversation if it didn't mean something. True. Yep. To my last point, and Toby Hooper directed this movie, and he directed Chainsaw Massacre 2. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is such a huge departure from this movie. Yep. It's something you never see. Freddy Krueger went at least three or four movies before turning just slapstick. They go right into slapstick in this in the sequel. The only one that I could think of that does it similarly is The Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2 is very much a comedy. Yeah, a yeah, horror comedy. Yeah. I, yeah. But even the first Evil Dead, I think, had horror comedy elements in it. Sure. And not it wasn't overtly comedy, but yeah, they they did go for more comedy in the second one. The first one is just straight up slasher and freaky. And then the the second one is just like, yeah, look at this weird hillbilly family. I might dislike the second one more than I dislike this movie. Yeah, it, because it's more annoying. It's very annoying. Yeah. And it's just like annoying nonstop. Yep. Yep. From as soon as they go into the radio station and terrorize Carolina Williams to the very end, it's just noise. Yep. It's just a lot of a lot of noise. noise. And I think as I get older, I just realize that 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 turns me off from a movie completely. It's just noise. Yeah. And watching some of these movies this this month has kind of got me because like I watched half of Blood and Black Lace and there was just one scene where just a woman continued to scream for like three straight minutes. And I'm just like. I'm about ready to turn this movie off. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, that's what this movie is, really. Yeah. It's an hour of kind of just slow buildup, a couple kills, and then just 20 minutes of nonstop screaming. It also has just the dumbest characters of all time. The most useless characters in any horror movie. I've never disliked a person in a wheelchair more than I've disliked Franklin. Yes, well, I 100%. Mean, he, he set up immediately as just like this total waste of a character. Mm -hmm. Right. The first thing you see is him just fall down the the, uh, the hillside. It's like, oh, yep. well, this guy's not long. And then he he gets cut by the the hitchhiker. He's just flat out useless. He gets stuck in a doorway. Mm -hmm. Even his friends don't want him around. No, his sister specifically doesn't want him around, but she could she can't say it. Yeah, it's so obvious. It is so yeah. obvious that he's a burden. Yeah. On his friends and sister. Yeah. Yeah, they even label him in the opening credits thing as invalid. It's an invalid, instead of yeah. Just, instead of just handicapped. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, John Larroquette, I guess he, <laughs> he he didn't understand it was offensive at that time. <laughs> Things have changed since 1974. They even have that exchange between Sally and him. He's like, admit it, you don't even want me here. And she's like, no, I'm just tired. And then he asks her a question after that. And she's like, what is it? <laughs> i probably shouldn't have answered him like that yeah i think he's starting to suspect i don't want him around but just just <laughs> the fact just the fact that they pick up the hitchhiker it's like dude's I, got I, like red all over his face yeah it's like no all right i get it in the 70s that happened i get that yeah. yeah that's fine it's realistic it, it passes him being creepy and weird okay 
whatever. We're we're we'll, we're still feeling him out. The second he cuts himself with a knife is the second you say, "Get the fuck out of my van." Oh yeah, because he's so sister. much more after that too. And then they they have to tell the guy to stop the car. And like, the driver is screaming. <laughs> right, the driver is totally incompetent. Like, yeah. yeah, this guy's like literally cutting himself, and he's just driving like, "Oh, what a sunny day out! This yeah. is beautiful. Look at that." Then he like starts a fire in the back, and they're just like, "All right, well, I'm still driving." And right. then all of a sudden, he sta- he slices Franklin, and like, "Oh my God, stop the car!" Was like now, now we gotta get rid of him. There's like four signs previous to that, everybody, that you should have stopped the car. Right. He's wearing like a fox's head around his neck as a pouch. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like you don't do that. I get it's like, like 70s, love man. And everything. Yeah, I get it. It's like be kind to your neighbor, man. What it's, would Jesus do? That's the one thing that House of a Thousand Corpses solves the answer. It's like, Jeez. well, why would you pick up this hitchhiker? I was like, because she's a hot blonde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy was not hot, nor was he blonde. Yeah. He's no Gutenberg. He's no Gutenberg. Absolutely. <laughs> he's no. He's no Ken Ferrey. Yeah. If he, if it's Ken Ferrey in short shorts, I mean, you have no choice. That's just the law of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974 was directed by Toby Hooper, who would also direct Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Poltergeist, and Life Force, among many others. Stars Marilyn Burns, Alan Danzinger, Paul A. Partain, William Vall, Terry McMinn, Edwin Neal, Jim Saito, Gunnar Hansen, and John Dugan, with opening narration by Night Court's own John Larroquette. For some reason, his first credit on imdb is the narration of this movie yeah that's pretty cool man has an imdb score of 7.5 and a rotten tomato score of 89 percent this we are in the minority here yeah it's definitely a hot take yeah budget three hundred thousand dollars can you guess how much this movie made ten million dollars i'm gonna say in the 70s made 30.85 million dollars on a three hundred thousand dollar budget I was going to be way off. I was going to say like 50. Yeah. Yeah. So if my math is correct, that's 100 times its budget. There you go. That's why they made a second one. (laughs) So that's incredible. Yeah. The second one was like 15 years later, wasn't it? It wasn't right away. Yeah. Yeah, It wasn't right away. In later sequels, you got Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. Future uh, Oscar winners. Yep. And those movies were so bad. (laughs) I don't understand the love for this movie. I mean, it it is it's gritty. It feels a little too real. I'll say that. But yeah, it's a lot of nonsense. It's it a lot of noise. Yeah, it's a lot of noise. I don't know if it holds up. I don't think it does. I don't think so either. It's it's probably freaky in the 70s, but I don't think this really scares anyone nowadays. Right. I would watch this in a drive-in. Mm, I don't even think I would do that. Yeah. I don't. I'm not excited bill. for this movie. If, like, you told me, like, Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre is playing a double feature drive-in this weekend during the Halloween month, I was like, okay, I, I could I could see myself going to see that. You didn't say that the Evil Dead would be playing. That's not fair. You changed well, the rules on me. Well, you, you, could, you could change your answer. Right. You, if you got to say, oh, a really good movie is playing ahead of it? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sure. if, it's, if Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the best movie of that double feature, probably not. But yeah. if it's second build to a better movie i'm like yeah or toby hooper double feature you text chainsaw massacre and poltergeist okay i could see myself doing that poltergeist was good but if like texas chainsaw massacre and texas chainsaw massacre 2 then no yeah i'm skipping that all day like no thank you pass hard pass (laughs) 
Yeah, the only thing good for this movie for me is that it checks a box on my list for movies everybody says you must watch. 100%. It's like a movie is like, well, you call yourself a horror fan. You haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? What kind of fan are you? Yeah, name Real three quick. of their albums. No, I'm <laughs> Name three of their albums. <laughs> uh, you guys want to get into the plot? Let's Absolutely. Do it. All right, Dan, what do you got for us? Okay, so... As I say every week, I'm here to plug our good friend Tia and her podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a weekly podcast where Tia and her friends get together and they discuss top ten lists. So I believe this upcoming list is top ten Halloween soundtracks, I believe, is what she was saying. So that's a very interesting one. She was telling us some good ones on there and some ones that I hadn't even thought of. Like some people say The Nightmare Before Christmas is on there. But she had some good picks, so you're going to have to tune in to listen to that one. But you could find her at Geek Vibes Nation. You could also follow her on Twitter at TC underscore Stark. Good person, good friend of the podcast, and go check her out. Okay, and we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, you are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribed to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back and now it's time to get into the plot for the texas chainsaw massacre we open on a disclaimer previewing what we're about to see and what befalls our characters narrated as we mentioned by john larroquette we then see a series of camera flashes revealing up close shots of a decomposing body and see it in full during the daytime, two corpses situated on a headstone monument as a sort of work of art, as the radio report says. And then we get credits as the radio report continues. Credits play over abstract red and black imagery, and the radio report is of nothing in particular. Various stories from around the country, including a cholera outbreak in San Francisco, apparently. We then fade back into a dead armadillo on the side of the road as the radio report slowly fades out. A group of teens in a van pull over to the side of the road setting up a ramp so that one of the teens who's in a wheelchair could get out and take a piss in a coffee can. As he pees, a semi-truck zooms past them, kicking up dirt, which knocks Franklin, the kid in the wheelchair, down a hill, because he's completely helpless. Later in the back of the van, and one of the girls talks about some astrology, about Mercury being in retrograde, or some bullshit like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a red flag, by the way, to any <laughs> that, guy out there. That put this it, movie very much in the 70s. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even now. Yeah. If you if you find yourself a girl and she starts talking about anything being in retrograde, run mm -hmm. for the hills, dude. Yeah. Because that she's just gonna use that as an excuse for being an asshole. Oh yeah. Yeah. For just like <laughs> bitching oh, you man. out. That so, planet's so running in reverse. I'm sorry. I'm a cancer. 
my chakra wasn't aligned. I gotta, you gotta give me a pass on that. No, we don't. If you know anything about astrology, Cancerians are not hostile creatures, as two I Cancerians just, are on this podcast. I just picked one. <laughs> don't Fuck call you, me Dan. on my bullshit, Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> we just talked about being called out on our bullshit too. <laughs> I uh, stepped right into it. <laughs> eventually they wind up at a cemetery which is for some reason an extraordinarily busy cemetery with a whole bunch of hicks just hanging around drinking beers one of the girls hops out nipples first and asks how to find her grandfather who was buried there and one of the locals grabs her by the arm and forcibly brings her along to i guess wherever her grandfather is buried as a drunk local talks to the others about nonsense as texas drunks will do to you it must be a very 70s thing that these guys just hang out, I guess, by a graveyard, hoping that pretty girls come by wanting to see graves. Like, is that what the whole point here is? I, I don't know. Look, <laughs> it, there was way too many people in that graveyard. That's all I know. In the middle of the day. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a Texas thing. I don't know. Maybe it's a redneck thing. I don't know. I, I think maybe it's just the, uh, this movie thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we need rednecks here for some reason. I don't know. Let's... Yeah. We'll figure out that out, but first let's lose this girl's bra. <laughs> first things first. <laughs> she burned that it. bra. Yeah, it's true. 1974. The first close-up. <laughs> the first character that gets close-up in this movie is this girl's nipples. But as they continue to drive after the cemetery, the girl mentions that their grandfather's grave, because she's talking to Franklin, the guy in a wheelchair, looks untouched. So they don't have to worry about the grave robin that's been going on, as the radio had reported. They pass by a disgusting smell, and Franklin says that it's the slaughterhouse. Then he goes into detail about how they used to kill cattle and how they are now use air guns to kill cattle nowadays. So then immediately after that, they spot a hitchhiker and decide to pick him up. Like the last guy you'd ever want to pick up from the side of the road. And Franklin makes mention that this guy they just picked up Dracula. He looks nothing yeah, there, like Dracula, by the way. There's no discernible reason to pick up this guy. Yeah, he, nope. he's the walking embodiment of a danger sign yeah different time and place maybe again 1974 maybe it was just commonplace that you know bad maybe it's bad shock or bad karma to not pick up a hitchhiker uh i guess you that's, know i'm glad that's one law that they passed and that's one that i will always follow <laughs> yeah have you guys ever met, seen a hitchhiker i don't think so no no and it's never a hot blonde by the way no it's in real life it's you know it's some like weird overweight dude I mean, who knows? We've never, none of us have ever seen a hitchhiker. I'm just, because in real life, that's what happens. Yeah. That's kind of always kind of like in movies, like you, when you get stuck in the middle seat of an airplane, it's like, oh man, hot chick sits next down next to you. Never. 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 No. <laughs> I don't think hot, I don't think hot chicks fly planes, to be honest no. with you. Nope. They get a charter. <laughs> There's an attractive, attractiveness level that just only charters planes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> So uh, the Hitchhiker then goes into even more gory detail about the life at the slaughterhouse, especially how they make head cheese, which is a thing as a meat eater I would never eat. <laughs> it just proves my point. I'm telling you, this movie is just a huge sign. Like, don't do it, man. It's terrible. <laughs> so then Franklin, for some reason, just takes out his pocket knife and starts fiddling with it. And then the Hitchhiker gleefully takes it out of his hand and then cuts his own hand wide open. Hitchhiker takes out his own knife after giving back Franklin's to show everyone. And then he takes out an old-timey camera and takes a picture of the group. 
It's just like one after another moments that he does. Then he asks them to take him to his house because it's real close and then invites them to dinner because his brother makes great head cheese. They refuse his dinner invite, so then he tries to sell them the picture he took, which they don't want. So then he sets it down, pours gunpowder of some sort on it, and lights it on fire. Then he takes out the knife again, slices Franklin's arms out, and they finally kick him out of the van. After strike all three that, right there, man. There's so many strikes. It's probably strike four or five at this right. point. Yeah. Yeah, like I said before, once he pulls out, once he takes the knife from Franklin and cuts himself with it, that's essentially, please exit the vehicle. <laughs> like oh i think we're at your stop <laughs> this this is where you depart sir yeah this is where we part ways never to be seen again yeah so they kick the hitchhiker out and then the van slowly drives away <laughs> with the hitchhiker kicking against the side and sticking his tongue out at them so frustrating yeah i i don't know was he just was the driver trying to um obey traffic laws i guess like i don't know i have to merge i can't just go <laughs> I was half expecting, because I haven't seen this in a while, I was half expecting the hitchhiker to just slash the tires. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. That's what I was like. It's He could have easily done it. Yeah. I forgot that that's not how they get into this situation. Right. He's probably going two miles an hour at this point. <laughs> I, and I'm not exaggerating. He's crawling. Literally, yeah. literally crawling away from the psycho. He gives the hitchhiker every opportunity to do whatever he will with the van. Yeah. Luckily, it's just his idea is just to bleed on it. Yep. Yeah, which never, it actually never comes into play. They, they talk about it, and that's it. Like, yeah, oh, you know, it, it, I wonder if that guy's going to follow us. Yeah, they keep, like, trying to make it a thing. Right. Like, they having, keep showing it like he's marked the vehicle in some way of, like, yeah. all right, now everybody knows who to get, but it never it never comes into play. Right. No, no. It's like Franklin looking at it, thinking that it's, like, got a, like a symbol or something. Yeah. So Franklin's sister, after they drive away, patches his arm up as the other girl continues to read from the astrology book. Essentially, none of their horoscopes are particularly positive. They then pull into a gas station where an enormous skulled regneck washes their windshield as an older guy comes out. He mentions that they don't have any gas in the tanks and the truck is probably a few hours away. Franklin asks the old guy about an old house, says that his dad owns it. And the old man says they don't want to go around poking their noses in an old house, especially with the women folk around. Women folk don't want to go poking around old houses. So he tells them to come in, have some barbecue. Truck won't be that long. Have some food and just wait for the truck there. They get some food and then they leave with plans to come back later. They decide to go find the old house by themselves. And they make it to the old house and they pile up. Franklin sees the blood stain the hitchhiker left on the van, wondering if the guy is using the mark to follow them. And... I wanted nothing more than to, for Franklin to just eat the fucking sausage in the scene. <laughs> so he has a sausage sticking yeah, out of his right. mouth this entire scene. And I wanted nothing more than him to just finish that fucking sausage. So the rest of the group explores the abandoned house and it's pretty run down. There's rot, a spider's nest in one of the rooms. Meanwhile, they leave Franklin downstairs to fend for himself. And he is the most unlikable character in a wheelchair in any movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I like how they just leave him in the doorway. He can't he can't conquer a doorway. <laughs> it's it's not that hard, man. Yeah. I've seen handicapped people enter and exit a doorway. Yeah. Even just... with a door. This one had no door on it. <laughs> yeah. It's more of an archway. Yeah. <laughs> it's an opening. That's, that's it. And he's defeated by like a slight bump. Yeah. But you you just don't feel bad for Franklin, do you? <laughs> you you don't. You really don't. He's not a likable guy. He then sees some ominous leavings like a dead bird and some sort of totem that's been hanging in the doorway. Some Pam and Kirk, the other two, 
go walking around outside exploring the grounds and they come across a neighboring house. They come across a lot full of abandoned cars and some ramshackle roofs. They eventually cross, come across a generator that is running, but do not see anyone. So they make it to the front door of the neighbor's house and knock on the door for some reason. Kurt, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, everyone, <laughs> just, everyone went everywhere they wanted, yeah. just going into people's houses, picking up random dangerous people. Mm-hmm. There were Kurt, no borders, dude. <laughs> Kirk finds a tooth on the porch and gives it to Pam as a prank. She freaks out and goes to sit on the porch swing, far away from Kirk. So Kirk continues to knock on the door and the door creaks open. And Kirk is stupid, so he shouts into the house, but no answer. And then he jogs toward this weird wall full of animal skulls, trips on a ramp, and then Leatherface pops up out of nowhere, smacking Kirk in the head with a mallet. I gotta say, this kill here, I liked it a lot just because there was, like, there's no foreplay leading up to this. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like, you don't even know about a killer or anything like that, and all of a sudden this guy pops out and just mallets him and the guy's dead. Yeah, like, this, this is the most lasting scene. It's an movie. iconic. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an iconic scene. Because yeah. it, it's also it's just like, what the fuck just happened? You know, who's this dude? Where the fuck did he take him? It's an effective scene, yeah. I will say. As a person yeah. that doesn't really enjoy this movie as much, this is an effective scene. Yeah, Although it's the, it's Kirk, the one scene I remember. Kirk is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's cool because everything about it was like the, the sickening sound of the mallet hitting his head. Yeah. Him spazzing out. And then the way that Leatherface slams the door. It's it, All of it works well. It, it makes sense why that's such an iconic scene. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yeah. This that's is the all best. you really get. It's also very, even if, let's say, the seizuring isn't, technically accurate it, it winds up it is but if it wasn't it's still a very effective part of that like mm. it's unnerving to see a guy just kind of like flop around like a fish right <laughs> you know, like he's in his death spasms essentially yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird again if you see a, a wall of skulls you don't jog towards it nope you jog backwards <laughs> yeah you're just like oh well all right well i'll just About leave you guys to doing what you're doing <laughs> goodbye yeah. that's what you say you don't say hello you say goodbye mm-hmm. so he jogs towards a weird red kirk goes down in a heap convulsing leatherface smacks him again then drags him into the back room and slams a mail sliding door shut then pam calling after kirk goes looking for him she walks into the house and she walks into another room comes across like a weird room with a chicken in a cage and bones and feathers all over the floor after taking in the entire room for what feels like an eternity Pam starts to freak out. She goes to run, but as she exits the room, the sliding door opens and Leatherface is back. She gets to the porch before Leatherface grabs her, but he grabs her and carries her back in. He then drops her on a meat hook and grabs a chainsaw. As I mentioned, this was a lot less graphic than I had remembered. But then back of the van, the rest of the group is still waiting for Kirk and Pam. Do you want to hear how desensitized my wife is now? Because she's she's been playing Dead by Daylight? (laughs) Her first thought wasn't, oh my god, that's crazy. It's you can never do that. The meat hook swings too much. <laughs> like, oh my God, sweetheart, you are a psychopath. Uh, so, so Daniel, I had the same thought. Did you? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess you two with your just crazy way of thinking, it's not, oh my God, that looks so painful. You can never do that. Yeah, that's not how those hooks work. That's not how that, that goes. Gotcha. I have to make sure to not piss you guys off. <laughs> So back of the van, the rest of the group is still waiting for Kirk and Pam. Franklin mentions that he can't find his knife, 
And then Jerry goes looking for them as Franklin and Sally wait at the van. Jerry winds up at the front door of the neighbor's house. He hears a a woman's laugh through the screen door. So he walks into the house. He admires the red wall and walks into the room with the meat hooks. And then he hears something coming from the meat freezer. So he opens it up and Pam pops out of it. Though I'm pretty sure she's dead, so I don't really know why she does. (laughs) They needed a jump scare, eh? Yeah. But at the same moment, Leatherface storms into the room and smacks Jerry in the head with a mallet. We're just, we're just doing things all over again. And then just shoves her back in. Like, get, shoves her get back, back in. in there. And then he has some sort of mini freak out before he eventually settles down. He has a little crisis of sanity there, Leatherface. <laughs> That's awesome. He's like, he's like, I could kill two people, but three. This is just oh. getting ridiculous now. <laughs> this day is for the birds, guys. <laughs> Where are they all coming from? <laughs> It's now nighttime, and Sally and Franklin are still waiting by the van. The lights are on in the van, so I, all I was thinking about, they're going to drain that fucking battery. <laughs> <laughs> Your one means of escape. <laughs> they call out for Jerry, thinking he might be lost, and Franklin tries to convince Sally that they should go to the gas station and get some help there. Sally and Franklin fight over the flashlight, and Franklin realizes that the keys to the van are gone, so they wouldn't even be able to get to the gas station if they wanted to. So, Sally unfortunately has to drag her brother through the woods, to go looking for Jerry in the dark. As they go stomping through the woods, Leatherface shows up and just buries his chainsaw right into Franklin's chest. <laughs> I wish you'd see it, though. You don't yeah. see it. You see nothing. Yeah. Franklin gets it the worst, I think, out of everybody. He, yeah. I mean, he yeah. gets it in the chest, in the arm. He, he gets it good. Yeah. So Sally runs with Leatherface chasing after her. Uh, Sally runs towards the only light she can see, running through brush with Leatherface on her heels, which is like 60% of this movie. She winds up at the house, first trying to get it through the back door, but then makes it through the front. So rather than go through the red door, she runs upstairs as Leatherface saws through the front door. Upstairs, she goes into a room and sees what we think are two dead bodies sitting in chairs. She back to the stairs as Leatherface makes his way through the door. She runs back up the stairs with him in pursuit, and she jumps through a window and to the ground below. She is unfazed by breaking through glass, which probably should just cut her to ribbons, and nor the fall, which, as we saw from From Beyond, Barbara Crampton broke her leg in a similar fall. She's fine. The chase continues outside as Sally once again finds herself running through the woods in the dark and Leatherface chasing after her. Through this whole scene, it felt like you should have, like, Benny Hill music playing over this chase, because (laughs) it feels like he's slowing down on purpose just for the fun of it. Yeah. I thought the same thing with the hitchhiker. Definitely at the end. Yeah, Yeah. he had plenty of chances to catch her. And I was like, I guess he's like fucking with her, you know? But he had her, dude. He's like like in a brisk jog. Right. He had her. Yeah. And he's just kind of like slashing at her from behind with like a, with his knife. Yeah. But I don't think Leatherface, I don't think that's his MO, right? He hasn't shown that yet. I, I don't know what his M.O. is, really. I think he's just, he's inbred, so he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know. He's just not smart enough to figure things out. Right. He's the muscle. He's mm-hmm. not paid to think. Sure. So, Sally makes it all the way to the gas station and pushes through the door, where the old man is still there. And then he picks her up and puts her in a chair, and she says, someone outside chasing her. So he looks outside, telling her that there's no one outside. He says, he's going to get his truck, and we're going to get out of here. So he gets his truck, and while she's he's getting his truck, she's uh, seeing all the the barbecue, uh, which I'm guessing is human meat. They don't yeah, specifically say. Right. It's right. people. It just seems like that's where we're going with this movie. Yeah, I think that's what at least we're supposed to pick up on, right? Because that look of realization comes across her face, like, oh yeah. man, 
I made the wrong move here. <laughs> so he comes with his truck and he comes in with a burlap sack with every intention to just put her in that sack. <laughs> Not even Not hiding thinking it. That she's going to fight back. So she grabs a knife off the counter and they fight. He grabs broom, knocks the knife out of her hand with a broom, and eventually knocks her out with the handle. It's like, man, Sally, you need a little more fight in, in you. To get knocked out by a broom handle is just silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. She puts up less than a fight. Yeah. So he ties her up and gags her, puts the bag over her head, and drags her out to his truck. And he drives her back to the house. A hitchhiker shows up, and the old man beats him, telling him that he almost got himself caught. Old man drops up to the porch, and the old man tells the hitchhiker to grab the girl. So he does and brings her inside, tying her to a chair. And the old man starts ordering Leatherface around, too, who's now dressed like some sort of woman. He's got a wig. I think and... he's like the grandmother. Yeah. Or the it, mother. It gets weird. It yeah. gets weird. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it's already weird, but right. they crank it up to 11. <laughs> so the hitchhiker and Leatherface head upstairs and bring down Grandpa, who was one of the quote-unquote dead bodies we saw upstairs. So they set him down at the kitchen table and then cut Sally's hand open and let him suck on her blood, which is probably one of the most disturbing moments of this movie. I, I, I was thinking to myself, <laughs> like, this is weird, but somewhere, someone out there, it's like, that's their thing. Yep. Old people sucking on younger girls. Like, that's my thing, man. Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, that's an unfortunate <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can point out what it is and how it looks, but we never kink shame. We will never shame anybody. Oh, that's that's that not what we do here. Nope, not at all. But from fear, Sally passes out. Eventually she wakes up and she is still tied to a chair at the table. Sitting with her is the hitchhiker, the old man, Leatherface, and Grandpa. And she screams and the hitchhiker and Leatherface scream with her, mocking her for what feels like an eternity. She pleads with the old man and then the hitchhiker and Leatherface start pawing at her. And then there's just a really long period of time where she just screams and the hitchhiker laughs at her. The old man <laughs>, laughs too. This is obviously the moment where I got reminded of uh, Resident Evil 7, the game, because gotcha. it's a very similar tied up while they're eating. The only thing they didn't do, and remind me if I'm wrong, but they didn't try to feed her, right? She yeah. has a plate of food, but they don't try and force feed her or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's, that's the only thing that happens in that game that doesn't happen here. Yeah, you could cut this scene down by like, three solid minutes yeah the old man gets fed up a little bit with the screaming and he goes to leave and then the hitchhiker gets the idea to let grandpa kill sally i wanted someone to hit me over the head with a, a meat mallet <laughs> so they untie her from the chair and make her stand over an empty bucket like they're gonna let the blood go into there meanwhile they keep trying to hand grandpa the mallet but he's basically a corpse at this point so he has some difficulty grabbing it Eventually, the scene takes so long that Sally struggles enough that she breaks loose from the hitchhiker and then jumps through another window. She jumps through two windows in this room. Jen goes, has she ever heard of the door? <laughs> and these are like, these are old school American made oh, yeah. windows. They'll cut you to shreds. <laughs> like double pane. Yeah. <laughs> so Sally runs towards the road. This jump from the first floor, for some reason, she hurts her ankle on this one. So now she's slow, but she's got the hitchhiker and Leatherface chasing after her. Hitchhiker is kind of toying with her. He catches up to her eventually, slashes her a couple times, and grabs her as she runs into the middle of the road. And he is run over by a cattle truck, even though he has plenty of time to move. But like he that gets seen from Austin Powers. <laughs> <Yeah>. Stop! <laughs> But he gets a good. He every tire hits <laughs> <laughs> all 18 wheels. Yeah. The cattle truck driver gets out and sees Leatherface chasing after Sally, so he jumps back into his cab and pulls Sally in. 
While Leatherface tries to put the chainsaw through the door, the driver and Sally jump out the passenger side, and the driver takes a wrench with them. So the driver and Sally go running down the road with Leatherface chasing after them. The driver throws the wrench, hitting Leatherface in the head, which makes him fall down, cuts a gash into his own leg with the saw. So then a pickup truck driver drives by, and Sally jumps into the road to get it to slow down. She jumps into the flatbed just as Leatherface gets close to her. The pickup truck drives away, bringing Sally to safety. I'm assuming the cow truck driver is still running to this day. And <laughs> that is the end. None of the bad guys get it in the end, so they survive for a sequel. That's the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's an unpleasant experience. Yeah, the ending's right. I, I know that there's a pretty famous scene of Leatherface just waving the chainsaw around. I was going to say, I think I've seen that before without yeah. ever seeing the movie. Yeah. And, and I, her in the flatbed. But it's my God, it's it's exhausting the the final scene yeah. of this the final act of this movie just screaming and hollering and hooting and an old man trying to hit someone with a mallet and it's just so so awfully boring mm-hmm. and anticlimactic. The real hero of this movie is the truck driver because he he's a hot shot with that wrench. <laughs> Dude's a regular <laughs> Hawkeye o- over here. <laughs> Uh, I just, I just, he has no lines, throws the wrench and books it. I love, <laughs> yeah. He's my favorite character in like any horror movie because <laughs> that's what a real person would do. Like, Fuck you. And then run. But my goodness, there's just so much happening and it's just all loud noises. Yeah. I mean, we got through this plot really quickly because of that. It's yeah. a lot of it could be summed up in short sentences of like this happens and then this happens and that's the end of the movie. I don't feel like it holds up as well as some of its contemporary films. Like, I think The Exorcist is a good example of a movie that holds up. Obviously, it's different. The Exorcist is a a studio-produced film. It won two Academy Awards. It was nominated for, like, ten ten total, I think. So, obviously, that's different, and this was made on $300,000. So, I appreciate what they were able to accomplish and the fact that, like we said, it made 100 times its budget. Awesome. Good for them. Good for Toby Hooper. It's just not not a fun watch. Like, if you asked me to name my 10 top horror films of all time, this wouldn't come close. I wouldn't even consider this anywhere no, near it. I agree. No. It's a slog. Yeah. Yeah, and I would imagine, and now this is something we could never be able to find out or know for sure, is that being in that time period and seeing this in the movie for the first time, just the visuals of it, being on the big screen is why maybe it got the reputation. Like one of those things that got it because of when it came out. And then it's one of those things where people just go, oh, yeah, that movie's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's like an aspect of it was people were coming out of the theaters just like, was that did we just watch like a fucking snuff film <laughs> right. yeah. for the time? This is extreme, you know. Maybe not even as extreme as Last House on the Left. I haven't seen The Last House on the Left in a long time. I don't even know what to say like to make this movie better. I really don't know if there's anything that could be said for that, to be you honest know, with you. I think what makes this movie better is what they did in the remake with Jessica Alba. Because Jessica you Beale. Have, Jessica Beale, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jessica Beale. They added R.E. Ermy? Lermy? Ermy? R.E. Ermy, yes. He's like an inbred cop who is part of the family. He's essentially he, like the the old man in this from this movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it even shows you like they have the law essentially on their side here. Mm-hmm. So you're really screwed there. He's awesome in it. It's a little gorier. You see the kills better. 
I think that's what makes it better in the long run, where you can actually see the chainsaw doing damage other than just a back shot of it. Mm. I think that's what, in my opinion, I enjoyed the remake better than the original. But I'm with you, Ant. I get what it's done for the horror genre in terms of a low budget becoming mainstream and showing us an iconic killer. In reality, should he be iconic? Because... The, the first movie is probably the best out of all of them. And he just becomes like super slapsticky in the mm-hmm. other movies. But I get it. I, I can appreciate what it did this movie. But obviously, I'm going to let Mark do his thing. And I have a question for you guys after Mark is ready. Okay. So basically, all I was going to say with this movie is that I guess there was some inspiration for how wheelchair deaths should go in Mac and Me from this movie. Is... <laughs> Is that you just show it from the back and not have any blood? Uh, the uncut Mac and me, no. The uncut we see Mac it all. and me. <laughs> but yeah, there's his. nothing you. The only thing that could really be done is a little bit more budget, a little bit more gore, but you weren't going to get that in 1974 with where this movie came from. So sure. that's about the only things that can. That's why the remakes have been made, is because the premise of the story is good, the outline of it, but you have to fill in a lot better and make it more compelling than the original does. All right, Dan, hit us with your question. So if we are in this situation, you, your wife, my wife, Mark. Am I in a wheelchair? You can be in the wheelchair if you like. You don't have to be. (laughs) Maybe crutches. (laughs) Crutches. Yeah, maybe you just like have a pulled hamstring, Mark. We'll say that. What order do you think we die in? Jen dies first. Jen dies first. I was going to say I die first, and then Jen dies. Okay. I figured she'd be the first one in the house. Okay. She'd, like I think I feel like she's got that curiosity aspect to her. She's like, ooh, this is kind of weird. Let's check out this house. And like, Skulls. boom. Yeah. It's like, ooh, this is weird. And then like Leatherface, just boom, surprise, bitch. Boom. <laughs> but and then she gets to go out the way she always wanted to, getting hung on a meat hook. Yeah. And she could tell Leatherface, this is not how it's done. Ah. <laughs> and then probably you going in after Jen. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like Mark and Lynn will be the last two. I think I'm dying next. I was going to say Lynn makes it out. Yeah. Lynn's the one the who survives. Mark gets caught in the woods. Although, it, to be honest with you, on the outside, the house was pretty nice looking. Lynn will be like, oh, well, maybe, you know. Maybe the house is for sale. Let's go check it out. I'm either going to get sucked in by the house or I'm going to be the coward and just go, sorry, Lynn, bye. I would pull a Grandpa Simpson when, as, as soon as I saw that red wall. Like, doo, doo, doo. Yeah. <laughs> hat off, hat back on. Yep. Yeah, walk That's back funny. over to me and then, oh. It's yep, like, it's, it, we're just going to walk. Like, <laughs> we're going back to the road, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> They're dead. I found their bodies. They're dead. We're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, and I you that's just fair. keep walking. <laughs> just don't even stop to see if we're following you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one thing I wanted to mention, like how nice the hitchhiker's teeth were. That kind of took me out of it a little bit. <laughs> I honestly don't even remember how his teeth looked. He I was like, he had that big red blotch on his face. And that's all I could really pay attention to. I was like, man, they really couldn't give him like like little fake teeth because like those are some pearly whites. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, just because he eats humans doesn't mean he doesn't take care of his dental, you know, hygiene. I guess I figured that would be the first thing. You, you might be right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think this is all we have to talk about Texas Chainsaw Master. You guys want to plug your shit? 
Yeah, absolutely. My Twitter account is at Diaquino122. Follow our Real Play D&D account, Stranger Damies, at Stranger Damies, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. And that is it for me. Mark? Yeah. So we have our D&D podcast, Stranger Damies, airs every Wednesday. Episode that aired before this will be the first of our Halloween one-shot that Ant does every year. So be sure to check that out. We can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stranger Damies. We have our gaming podcast, The Game Vault Pod. That airs every other Monday. We have an episode that just aired on Monday. So be sure to check that out. And we do stream at Game Vault Pod, which is where you can find us on all socials and on Twitch. We do it Wednesday, Thursdays, one of Friday or Saturday, and then Sunday and every other Monday. So just check out Game Vault Pod on Twitter for the schedule and any changes, any surprise streams or anything like that. But most importantly, what we're doing, I guess it would be next weekend at this point, because time doesn't mean anything in 2020, would be Extra Life. It's a We do a 24-hour gaming marathon to help raise money for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. That will be Saturday, November 7th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll start out with a session of Stranger Damies, and then we'll go into playing video games for the next 24 hours. You can donate by going to tinyurl.com slash extralife, the number five. So be sure to donate there. Like I said, if you can't donate, perfectly fine. We understand. If you can, signal boost us or join us in the chat. Either way, it'll be perfectly fine helping us out. If you can donate, you can do it anytime between now and December 31st. But if you don't have a time limit or you're not waiting to get paid or anything like that, that you'll be paid after November 7th, I would recommend doing your donations on that day just because we're going to be striving for some goals and have some special things tied to them. You may be able to bid for things to have us do and stuff like that. So it might be better to hold your stuff until that Saturday to just see what you can either make us do or make us play or something like that. Once again, Saturday, November 7th, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at tinyurl.com slash extra life, the number five. Okay, great. And we are They Called Us a Movie. You can find us at theycalledusamovie.podbean.com and on all podcast streaming apps just by searching They Called Us a Movie. We are themaindamey.com. You can find us at all socials by searching the main damey this is 31 days of horror we're just wrapping up 31 days of horror but you could go to the main and find all the articles we've written this month as well as all our past 31 days of horror podcast episodes we're also proud member of geek vibes nation you can find them at gmnation.com and then all socials and podcast streaming apps just by searching geek vibes nation bunch of great shows besides us seen a nerd Gunning the Sacred Cow, Top 10 with Tia. If you're into geek stuff, there's something for everyone. You can hit us up at themaindamy at gmail.com. Questions, comments, you want to suggest a movie for us? Go right ahead. I am at Ant Delvec on Twitter. You can hit me up there. And that's going to wrap it up. This has been They Called Us a Movie, and this was The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed by Toby Hooper. So, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling... Toby Hooper, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.